This podcast is sponsored by Redbeard Sound. Redbeard Sound is a recording studio located in Siloam Springs, Arkansas, that specializes in music production, audio editing, and live sound engineering. I have personally recorded with Sam at Redbeard Sound and can attest to the fact that he is accommodating, knowledgeable, and professional. So if you're looking for a place you can relax and record your music, or even a podcast like this one, hit Sam up at redbeard at redbeardsound.com. That's redbeard at redbeardsound.com. And tell him Dawn of Mantis sent you. since the earth has circled the sun there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss but two brave uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of mantis read this that's another secret piece of paper i'm pulling out of somewhere else you should (laughs) it didn't come out of the wallet though so it's safer than the wallet actually came out of the binder came out of the binder welcome to dawn of mantis here we are one more time back here at uh sam's studio red beard sound uh joe what's going on tonight you know just living life yeah yeah Sam, you're looking handsome as ever over there. Thanks. I just got a haircut the other day. Oh, but no beard cut. Oh, no, I did, actually. I trimmed it, too. You know what? You probably took off a couple inches, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Oh, dude, I didn't know you ever did that. Took a lot off the off the sides, kind of yeah. kind of trimmed it in. Do you ever see yourself just having, a, like me, just a regular beard, ever? I've, I've been I've been considering it. Lately. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Just because it's out of control. It's like, <laughs> the, with all this corona crap and the weather and... And just stress and everything. It's it's just doing its own thing. And I'm like, man, maybe I should just cut it. Oh, change. Right? I don't know what. I, I don't know that. I mean, I've seen you without it, but it's been years. I know, years. My daughter definitely doesn't want me to cut it. Um, I probably won't. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. But the, I think the mask is messing it up a lot too. You know, it's just stupid. oh yeah. I hate it. it the beard. Well, you remember? Mm, yeah. I didn't have one as long as Sam's, but it was probably like. If you took two inches off yeah. yours, it was about that long. It was long. pretty bushy, I remember. I had to cut it because I was at work bolting something, like working on something, and my beard kept getting hung in this wrench. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to get my jaw ripped off because I'm going to get my beard hung in some machine or I've something. I've been there. Carrie, so, whenever mine was, you know, almost down to my, it was down to my stomach, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, down to like my belly button. I'd be carrying sound equipment and stuff, and it would get it would get caught in that and I'd tear <laughs> off, you know, little bits of beard hair and just hurt yeah yeah that, i just think about the scene from polar express yeah. where you pulled the beard yeah. like oh to move ow, the, to move the uh, uh caribou caribou yeah 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 uh, yeah so yeah it was, it was like that it was probably about that yeah. long actually and yeah so, i would you imagine know, that i've trimmed it up and and stuff but yeah i, I don't know i'm it's been considered okay but i just don't know it'd be weird it would be super it. weird anybody that I don't know. I don't know how. I guess if you go to, uh, do you have a picture of yourself on your website or anything? Or mm, uh, Sam just has a long goddamn beard. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, incredible. Like Billy Gibbons, long. Well, you can look at his logo. His logo shows you. Yeah, what it, what it what it is. A representation yep. or what it was. Now, <laughs> I feel bad we didn't notice as soon as we walked in. I mean, if he oh, had been a female, we'd have been in trouble. Of a change. Oh, dude. Yeah. Right. I, 
my you wife, know, you missed the haircut. My wife has not spoken to me for like a day because I, I didn't notice like a new hairdo no or haircut. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to write or to, to, you know, come back from that. Cause you're like, well, I just didn't look at you. It's like, well, I don't, you know, it's like yeah. whatever you say doesn't work. No, you didn't look at me. You know, you, Why don't look, you at, look at me. Yeah. I like wearing, I like wearing a lot of like, you know, t-shirts with, with stuff on the front of them too. And when my beard was long, nobody knew what was on the front <laughs> oh, of the t-shirt. True. So <laughs> I felt like I was like wasting money on really cool shirts because nobody could see what was on the front of them. So the beard, yeah. now I cut them, now I cut it back and now you can actually see what's on my shirt. I do. Uh, that's a cool shirt that's you have cool on, shirt. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I read this to my wife right before we headed up here and I thought, Look, it gets a little dark, and it's only like uh, two minutes long. It gets a little dark, but at the end, I, I pull it out, and, and it's positive, I thought. Okay. When I was finished reading this to her, there was a long pause, and she was like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you read that to someone that has generalized anxiety? So anyway, let's see Uh-oh. what's ready. Uh-oh. There's a disclaimer you just did for the <laughs> listeners. Here's how I pictured it in my mind. Greetings, Dawn of Mantis listeners. If you find yourself listening to this podcast, count yourself lucky. No, not because you have once again been given the privilege of sitting through an hour of weird true crime tales, rambling side stories, and dad jokes. No, you should simply count yourself lucky that you are here. Period. That you're here in the first place, existing in this universe, still participating in whatever it is you call reality. We get used to daily life, and that's why it's easy to take for granted. You see, there's 7,832,345,600 people currently on Earth. Which that numbers, you can go to a live count uh, on the internet and it shows That's you. pretty cool. Yeah. So actually there's probably 10,000 more since I wrote this a few hours ago, but there's a lot of us. However, out of that number, just today alone, 151,000 of us died. That's 6,280 every hour, 104 every minute, 1.7 deaths per second. So that means in the time it took me to read that last sentence, eight people drew their last breath and went into that great beyond, whatever, whatever you think it is. Just today, almost 20,000 kids lost their lives before they even reached the age of five. Just today, 3,600 people died in car accidents. Just today, I told you it would get dark, <laughs> over 21,000 people died of cancer. So whatever kind of day you may be having, just remember... Even if you have a shitty day, you still got to have a day. All right. See, we we pulled it out at the end there, right? It's a message I mean, of hope. I, <laughs> Is I, it not? I'm going to side with Jessica a little bit. <laughs> it did get pretty dark. It did get pretty. The kids, you can't, it, it's hard to go to the kids. Sam, go back and edit Sassy. out the kid part. That was too much. Other than that, we're golden. It's not too much, but, but I'm going to be somewhere in the middle between like, you know, it's not. So positive, but it's not so negative either. I imagine a guy, the circus has just ended and he's shoveling up all the elephant shit afterwards and he's mm. sweaty. The tent is hot. Some, you know, and he's just like, half my life. And then he's listened to our podcast and he just heard that. And he was like, you know what? I'm alive. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the spirit in which I wrote it. Yeah. That's no, what no. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You fixed it. <laughs> Good job. Nailed it. Unless that guy's kid just died. Oh, that's and on. he's a poop shoveler. Yeah, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm just where's the rope store?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, is that a Norm Macdonald? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a Norm Macdonald the rope store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that was the one where he was with his therapist, and the guy's like, and he and he finally broke through the last five minutes, 
And he started crying and sobbing, talking to his therapist. And he's like, well, that's all the time we have for today. We'll see you next week. He's like, then I'm walking around New York looking for a rope store. Mm-hmm. So uh, the nearest rope store. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought that was, I don't know, I could see that as uplifting for sure. It's an odd feeling with your therapist. And I've been there where you your your hour's over. But you felt like, oh, I just got where I wanted to get. Yeah. And so I've literally said before, like, can we do another hour? And then you, yeah, okay. And then you hand her your debit card. (laughs) She's, okay, is that done? All right. You pay after. I've never known how that works. Where was I? No, you do. You pay after. Okay. I didn't know that. It's like like a restaurant kind of. Or before. You can't pay before. Yeah. But maybe it is like a restaurant. It's better to pay after because what if you didn't like your your service? Oh, you just kind of dine and dash. You can wine and dash. (laughs) I don't know. It's, I don't know. That's W H I N E. Oh, that's awesome. Let's start that now. It's like when you run it on your therapist, the wine and dash. Yeah, there we go. You're brilliant. Hashtag it. Hashtag it. Hashtag wine and dash. Oh, okay. So when we last uh, spoke, we were talking about Leland Jensen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We were building up to uh, his life of the, you know, in the Baha'i faith and all that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to it. And uh, now we are, we're going to, uh, Get to his apocalyptic uh, predicaments there that he tried to uh, predict and didn't really turn out that well. So close to a decade after his vision while incarcerated, Jensen finally felt confident enough to name an exact time and date for the upcoming nuclear holocaust. Sometime in 1979, he announced to his followers and to the world that the day of reckoning would be on April 29th, 1980. Okay. Four days after I was born. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Immediately after the announcement, Jensen's followers set about warning the world of the impending doom and preparing for their own survival of it. They built fallout shelters, stored food and water, and wrote letters to government officials and distributed thousands of leaflets warning others that they needed to make preparations as well. It was at this point when he and his followers first garnered national attention, albeit not very favorable, and many around the country and even the world were watching when in April, 1980 finally came. They watched as the group ducked into their shelters and latched the door shut. They watched as the rose, the sun, sorry, rose and sat. They watched as nightfall came and went. They watched as not a damn thing happened. Yeah. The world. What a letdown. What a We let don't down. get to die. Dang it. <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, it's so funny. I was just reading about the, and I read about it several years ago, but I've, Found it last night again. The Apophis. Have you heard about the Apophis uh, asteroid impact? No. So it's supposed to be, there's a chance in 2029, when it first came out, there was at least a, they thought based on, um, you know, the direction and all the, all the, the speed and stuff, that there was a 2% chance it would hit us. And it, it w- it's not it's not a global ending uh, asteroid strike. It's like two, it's like two or three football fields or something like that. Okay. But it would do it would do major damage in the area that it hit. So it would, it would, it would, it would like take the, out Dallas. Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. Wow. And it would mess the economy up and it would, you know, mess up, you know, plant growth and stuff like that, which would be terrible. Um, but so here's the deal. Here's the newest stats on it. Cause I, cause I read about it last night. It's not a 2% chance anymore. It's like a 0.015% chance, which is still pretty big in the cause. So it'll go between us and the moon, which is, close and it'll actually even go below some of our satellites so it'll be it's it'll be a close shave and then but if it goes through a keyhole which is like a mile wide so if it goes through this certain keyhole 
it will come back in 2036 and hit us. Wow. But that is like a one in a billion chance that it'll go through that. So so that's that's my in uh earth ending prophecy. If it goes through that keyhole, when is it supposed to when is it supposed to come twenty twenty nine, I think, and then the other it's twenty thirty six when it comes back. So we'll only have a few years to get a Bruce Willis style team together and land on this son of a bitch and blow it up before it hits us again. So they think that we need like 15 years. They think that we need about 15 years minimum to actually do a Bruce Willis style something. That'd be close. Probably not drilling it and, you know, leaving Nuking one guy. It. Nuking yeah. it, yeah. It's probably not that. But the the thing that I read about more recently is the um, where you actually just inch it away a little bit at a time with something where it's just a little, because you only need just a little bit to make it like skim off the earth like the atmosphere and fly out into space was that armageddon was that early 2000s i would think so or late 90s i would say early 2000s well then that makes what i was about to say uh completely nonsensical but uh the 90s movies mm-hmm. everybody really had a hard on for like the the silly the whimsical group it was 98 yeah. it was 98 Nine. hell yeah so you're right good job so uh and they had the other one deep impact that was around the same time yes yeah, yeah. Deep Impact, Armageddon. Uh, let's think of more of the '90s uh, silly. I really silly think I would have Deep Impact also '98. Yeah, I knew it was around yeah. the same time. Yeah, like uh, I would have rethought. It's like Armageddon that. Light. I would have rethought that. Armageddon title. was a lot better than Deep Impact. I think. I think so. Having said that, I love Deep Impact. It was good. I, I just watched Deep that Impact. like maybe a month ago. It was on. TV. Morgan Freeman was mm-hmm. president. But just think, Twister. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. Probably mid ninety, early to mid nineties. It was yeah. It was definitely nineties. Uh, my guess on that one's like ninety five. Uh, Dante's Peak. Ninety six. Okay. Dante's Peak. Yeah. Volcano disaster. Yeah. yeah but Volcano. Like, there was a movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah, I like yes. that. I like that. Dante's Do you remember Peak when light. the guy? Remember when the guy had the? He was the subway car worker, and he had the little girl in his hands, and he jumped off the back, and he landed in the lava, but he threw the girl out, and he yeah. just kind of yeah. Yeah. Self sacrifice. Yeah. It's like on Dante's Peak when Pierce Brosnan drives that truck through the lava, Mm -hmm. like for like four miles, and everything's fine. Yeah, nothing melts. The brake lines don't melt. The fuel line doesn't catch on fire. Dante's Peak. Yeah, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Okay, volcano. Ninety-seven. There's something about. I I think these scripts just get wrote the same time, and then one studio picks up one, and one studio picks up another, and they're very similar, and they put them both out to compete with each other. But just I heard 20th Century Fox is doing a volcano thing. Oh. So are we. Yeah. Somebody draw up something real fast. Yeah. And you know what? You can kind of tell that somebody drew up something really fast. On yeah, on some of them. Yeah. yeah. But what is it about the 90s, like the silly group? You know, like think about mm-hmm. Twister. Twister movies. And- yeah. It's not just like, okay, here's the group. Uh, even the even the um, geologists and stuff in, in Dante's Peak and stuff. And then mainly Twister and Dante's Peak is what I'm thinking of. But it's not just a group that shows up. It's like they're in like ragtag beat up yeah. like Winnebago's with the rebel flag flapping and they got like their hats on backwards yeah. and they're beating their hands on the dash listening to definitely, definitely Billy the Joel twister, the twister group there yeah yeah and it's just like why why all that but man people like the 90s movies just have those those silly crews yeah you're right about that, that. Sh- yeah no one just shows up like yeah we're here to we're here to check out the the activity we've heard in this volcano area no it's like they roll up in like this and what something that looks like the ecto-1 and they get out, and you know, you hear like Springsteen playing, and like, wow, yeah, I, activity yeah, there is something. I wonder what that did for the scientific community because a lot of those scientists were real, like, you know, not really straight 
lace structured type people. I wonder if that helped the image. Yeah, Twister definitely. I mean, I mean, you are describing Twister to a T. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. Oh, yeah, gosh, I love yes. him, but I can't stand his ass in that movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, food, food, food. I trip the camp. No, I'm just like you're like every you're like Wayne's World and a scientist wrapped up into one, and no one wants that. Well, would you say though that? Oh, so you don't like him because you think he was just like ripping off a bunch of other No, he was just too much. It was just yeah, too, too much. much. I get it. It was just too much. I think probably that, you know, that was probably the vision. Like, hey, this guy's over the top, you know, yeah. probably former druggy guy that just, you know, now he's, now he's his new, his new crank is chasing <laughs> tornadoes. It's the only yeah. thing that keeps me off the needle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm listening to Van Halen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Running with the devil. Google Dolls had Google Dolls. Uh, whenever they pulled up at the end, they're playing "Long Way Down," which yeah. is one of my favorite Google Dolls on tunes. Twister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if after yeah. after all those '90s movies for a few years, if like when legitimate groups of scientists showed up to study something, if people were like, "Wait, where's your old like '72 Cadillac and your whimsical the guy that's a card and you never know what he's going to say and he has a Led Zeppelin T-shirt on and ripped jeans and his hat on backwards and." You know, he's like, he's crazy. Where's that guy? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Did they do something good for the scientific community or, or not? <laughs> right. You know? I don't know, yeah. but wasn't, wasn't Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of the, like, just the videographer of the thing, though? Yeah, I can't was remember he? what his... I thought he was what running is... a camera for a lot of Oh, uh, maybe. Probably. Maybe he was, yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of his first roles, too. My yeah. uh, here's, a little, here's a little Twister fun fact. My old neighbor was the... Uh, he was... He was on that movie on the set for to help with uh like storm chasing Are knowledge you kidding and me? stuff. Yeah, he went to uh he went to like to acting school and stuff out in, in LA and everything and then they were looking for somebody when they were when they were gonna film that movie to uh that kind of knew the land of of uh you know Oklahoma knew the oh, lay of the land cool. and then knew stuff about storm chasing and he was from Oklahoma and so he was like hey I know I know a little bit about that and so he they they hired him on, and he did some of the stunt driving also. Dude, that's awesome for that movie. He did, oh, like, that's amazing! Yeah. Small world. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. He's actually yeah, that's in, cool. in part of the movie too, in that's one little crazy. scene. Oh, like an extra or something. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Bill Paxton in that movie was fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean I loved him and everything. Yeah, but. rest in peace for sure. Yeah, R.I.P. Bill. Yeah, let's keep rolling. Okay. So yeah, uh, this was his first huge failure. Like, world's gonna end. They really publicized it. Nothing happened. Yeah, back to the story now. Yeah, back to the story. Back to the topic. <laughs> as his followers slowly reemerged to find the world just as they had left it, some were confused and some were embarrassed. Unsurprisingly, this took away a lot of the group's gusto for quite a while. But as we would, but as we would do after every failed uh, prediction. Uh, Jensen ramped up his preaching and urged his followers to be more dedicated than ever. But six months after the failed 1980 prophecy, the BUPC had lost a considerable number of its members. However, Jensen remained totally confident in his abilities. You said they were confused, which confuses me because they were confused to begin with following this guy, you know? <laughs> then they're like, Scri I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, you didn't get it before you listened yeah. to this wacko. Yeah. I don't know. But hey, I guess there's a reason. There's a reason they're cult members, right? Oh, uh, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, and we talked about you don't have to be unintelligent to be swindled. No, in, you just in previous cult episodes. No, that's why cult members, cult leaders are so brilliant and just like they'll find that one little thing. And that, Lawrence Krauss talks about this in one of his uh, lectures about really intelligent people that believe incredibly stupid things. <laughs> 
and and he and he basically to sum it up really quickly he says if you are really intelligent you will say well that can't be true because but then you're like wait a second it can be if you look at it this way and so they like they get into this thing where they rationalize really in, stupid things because they're really good at that because right. they're smart and they don't want to be wrong so I think that's that probably happens in these cults. I bet it does. Who wants to admit that they wasted five years five years of their life watching or you know following some crazy guy? You know, yeah. And you can say what you want about cults, but like you said, a lot of the followers, like in uh, Heaven's Gate, especially, most of those people were like computer programmers mm-hmm. and like really successful entrepreneurs and business owners. I mean, yeah. these were not just. I mean, these were not just. Dummies, know, dumb hillbillies, or something that yeah. they found on the side of the road, or anything. Yeah, they just appealed to their heart. Um, uh, and what will become par for the course after all his prophecies failed? Jensen always had an excuse for why they hadn't come to pass. So we were talking about in the first episode of this. You were talking about the excuses that a lot of these cult followers, uh, or the cult the leaders, I'm sorry, uh, that predict things have. And this is I made a list of a few his. Ready? Predicting's hard. It's <laughs> give a guy a break. Number one, the prediction was fulfilled spiritually. Rather than physically. Oh, so it's like, the end of the world as, as we, we know it. it. Right. So I said the world was going to yeah. end. Uh, REM released their song that week. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. See? That makes sense. The prophecy, number two, the prophecy was fulfilled physically, but not in the manner expected. So it just happened like on another plane or in some way that we we just can't see it. Yeah. Like those stats you read. Well, look at all these people that died today. Is the end of their world. Exactly. Right. It's the end yeah. for 151,000 people. Yeah. Number three, the date was off because of a miscalculation. Mm. Like I didn't carry the one. Leap year. I forgot to factor that in. <laughs> I always do that. Yeah. 28 days in February. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That messes up predictions. That's why the, that's why the February 30th date didn't come to pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number five, God had given the world a reprieve. So Ooh. last minute, it's like the Hail Mary on your deathbed where you uh, confess your sins right before God was like, all right, we'll, we'll give these assholes one more chance. Yeah. Someone <laughs> someone prayed the right way. That's right. Please don't let it be the end. <laughs> he could blame one of his followers. He could be like, did did any of you pray for the not to be the end of the world? Oh, it's your fault. That's just like that kid that you were telling me about. That would do like seances with you guys. Oh yeah, when you were kids, and he would be like, he he would, what yeah. he would claim that he could like make something move, but when it didn't, he would say one of you guys wasn't concentrating. Oh yeah, enough. he said, I have I I sense that someone in here is not a believer. <laughs> it's messing everything up. And was like, well, I don't really believe you that know, guy. I'm, t- I'm telling myself, I don't really believe it's me. I'm such a jerk. Damn it! I ruined, I ruined it. I ruined everything. <laughs> we could have seen a candle float. <laughs> That guy today is either a cult leader or a preacher somewhere. Mm, he's uh, in and out of jail. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see him on the county website sometime. Cool. Hey, David. All right. This is <laughs> if you're listening. I won't say his last name. <laughs> he's like, hey, guy that ruined my circles. <laughs> he's in some different circles. Uh, <laughs> what a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. That was number six. The prediction had been a test of the members' faith. Mm. So it's just like he's just like you said just now. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the faith. I can hear him like Lord Helmet on Spaceballs. Fooled you. Yeah. All right. You got anyway. to have faith. So uh, the very public failed prediction did nothing to deter Jensen, and soon he declared a new prophecy. <laughs> April 29th wasn't the date of a nuclear holocaust, but instead it was the beginning of the seven biblical years of tribulation. Sometime in 1985, Jensen began to prophesy that Halley's Comet in April of the following year 
would slowly break apart and pepper the earth with debris, which would in turn cause catastrophic earthquakes and tidal waves thousands of feet high. This series of disasters would stir up conflict amongst the world's nations, and the whole thing would culminate in the Battle of Armageddon around 1987. That's right, seven years after his 1980 prediction, seven years of trials and tribulation, cats and dogs sleeping together, mass hysteria. That was just a little Bill Murray yeah, comment. All right. Let us save the city, mayor, whatever. <laughs> Jensen scores a point to win the game. All you naysayers can suck it. Except, oh, wait, none of those things happened. Yeah. So he's 0-2, right? I don't know sports. If you lose twice, you're 0-2, right? Right, because it's otherwise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm an, I'm 0-2. An I'm a dumb asshole when it comes to sports. but No, you did. You did well. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to know. I'm going to say it's what you are right now. <laughs> Although the new prophecy had rekindled his followers for a while, they never again had quite the same conviction as with the first prophecy in 1980. They stayed fairly quiet about the Halley's Comet deal, and many were making disclaimers before the event even came to pass. What's strange is that although his remaining followers acknowledged the validity of Jensen's new 1987 apocalyptic prediction, their reaction to it was very different from the first one in 1980. Uh, before that one, members built shelters, hoarded food and supplies, and told everyone they could about the impending disaster— with the Halley's Comet deal, all those uh, years after, they did nothing to prepare. They didn't really try to tell anybody. They didn't change their lives at all. Mm. So uh, what's the point? Right. You know? It's almost like they didn't believe it. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Other than a few mentions of it on their BUPC cable public access show. That's right. Wayne's World? The, yeah. <laughs> The Baha'i's world under what was the BUPC again? The Baha'i's under the something. Oh no, I can't remember what it is. I just wrote this. That's all, but I don't remember what it stands for. <laughs> Had their own public access show. Yeah, but yeah, they talked about it on that. Other than that, I think there's something when early cable came out. I think they decided to like go 24 hours on these stations, but then they then I read something one time that they started figuring out like oh, crap, we don't have enough money to stay on the air for 24 hours on all these stations. So then they started out basically for next to nothing, giving away time in the middle of the night for these Sounds like a UHF. Uh, yeah, UHF, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably how they got it. And a lot of religious people ate that time up and bought it up. So if you couldn't sleep, it's like, oh, great. Here, here's some awesome stuff. <laughs> Wouldn't it's you love? QVC or that. Wouldn't you love to go back to the early days of public access and get a channel and just no, just see what people is. I wonder if all that is like saved or recorded on anything. I would, I would love somewhere to, to find a treasure trove of that just to find. I imagine there was stuff that was close to like Adam Sandler's. What was it? The what was it? The the Susie show or oh, the his ex girlfriend Amanda yeah, something like that. Yeah, Susan. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, it was just the him. time of the show where we call her and hang up on her when yeah, she answers. Yeah. <laughs> You remember that? And he's just sitting there next to a picture of her. It's your father. Remember yeah. that? Yes. His dad would call in. Now's the time of the show where where I just reflect for a few minutes on some times we had. And then it just kind of <laughs> zooms in on him. Trivia. <laughs> Who played his father on the phone that yelled at him? I don't know. Phil Hartman. Oh, Phil Hartman. Oh, I, I didn't give you a chance, Sam. I'm right. sorry. Oh, see, that's, that's like a, the old Mitch a, Hedberg a, joke. What's my favorite food? Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Dude, you didn't give me I, time I to said guess. It too fast. Yeah, I shouldn't have. No, it's all right. I, I figured it was, ref, you know, going back to the last episode also. Wasn't it? 
Was oh, it last, yeah. Last yeah. episode? Unfrozen Caveman Lord. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Phil Hartman. Yeah, we talked know. about that. We've it done either, like... It was one or... It, it was either the last one or the one right before I think that it, one. Yeah. Yeah, because I talked about the cameo and the... Yeah. They all blend together. I yeah. don't remember yeah. anything. Yeah. That's hard now to, I, for me to remember. Now I... Now I... See? See? You only have so much space for this stuff. So you got to start... You know, it's like the SpongeBob episode. You got to start deleting files. Hey, I remember us talking about that, but I don't remember when. <laughs> or when a story comes up and you're like, I've probably told this 11 times already on the podcast, but here we go. Remember they threw away his name? What's your name? SpongeBob, yeah. And he's like, name, name. We got anything on name? They didn't have it. <laughs> Shredded it. Yeah. I saw a commercial that told me to forget everything I knew about throw pillows. Then I had to ask what they were. All right. Sorry. Um. Yeah, the BUPC, uh, I think that's the Baha'is under the, the the public, the pubic case. I don't know what it is. That uh, sounds right. Sure. Uh, many of the members were already making disclaimers before the event even came to pass. Um, like, you know, it'd be like, now it might be a symbolic spiritual disaster. Let's just keep that in mind when the day comes, everybody. Oh, uh, you've lost all power at that point. Or the exact date might be a little different. Or, you know, it might be another test of our faith. So let's all keep that in our hats as we go into this next prediction. Prepare, but don't overprepare. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is the very definition of cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. Sorry, I can't even mm-hmm. say it. Jensen explained that his prediction had come true like this. This is his words. The spiritual fulfillment did take place. A spiritual stone. A spiritual. I can't even read it without laughing. A spiritual stone hit Earth. The Whoa. stone. Mm-hmm. Spiritual asteroid. A spiritual stone. Yeah. Um. I think I had a, a spiritual kidney stone once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? It was uh, pretty intense. Kind of ate away at your constitution <laughs> a little bit. Um, a spiritual stone had hit Earth. This stone is the message of the messiahship that only the true Baha'is understand. Baha'is. The spiritual stone crushes and destroys what the Christians claim and what the covenant breakers claim. That was his words. So let's talk about a feller named Neil Chase. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're fine. We're We're fine? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, okay. Neil Chase. So speaking of important followers, it was around this time that Jensen would gain one of his most devout and most important followers, a guy named Neil Chase. Chase was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut, but was attending school at Michigan State University when he joined the BUPC. Now, Neil Chase was a very intelligent person and somewhat of a religious scholar, and he quickly climbed the ranks of the BUPC to become Leland Jensen's right-hand man. Chase was able to brilliantly synthesize all sorts of prophecies from other beliefs with Jensen's, thus bolstering his claims. Chase was especially fond of George Williams, who was a leader of an obscure 19th century Mormon sect known as the Morrisites. Chase claimed George Williams predicted that Christ would return in Montana's Deer Lodge Valley, where the Montana State Prison is located. Of course, Christ would return there. That seems like a good place as any. Montana! Yeah. The meet you in Montana song means more now, right? It really does. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then also there's, Mo- how close is Montana to Utah? Mm, it's north. It's, it's still like mid, it's yeah, still it's like, like breadbasket, it. right? It's kind of like mid. Great Plains, yeah. Great Plains. Because, you know, that's where Joseph Smith found those magic stones and stuff. Oh, there's yeah. something going on in the Plains. Yeah. That's where Jesus is coming back. That's where the stones were found. That's where, I wonder if that's where the spiritual stone hit too. Jesus, yeah. God. Yeah, it could it's have been. all tying together. It's all it's all about stones and being stoned and <laughs> oh wait, never mind. Not that. No one's stoned. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Leland Jensen's like, well, what happened is we got spiritually stoned <laughs> off our ass. Well, Idaho's between Montana and Utah. Okay. Let There's me... some stones there, I'm sure. Can you put your and finger potatoes. on Montana and then one on Utah, Sam, from here? I want to see how far they... Right there, Montana. Oh, okay, but they're like, they're in the same like time zone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm pulling a Leland Jensen. I'm yeah, really trying to reach. Go. Sure. They're both in the West. <laughs> Looks like they're in the mountain time zone. I don't know. All right. Yeah. So yeah, um, this George Williams had predicted that Christ would return uh, in Montana's Deer Lodge Valley. This was where the Montana State Prison was located and that the predicted date of Christ's return, August 6th, or I'm sorry, August 9th, 1969, happened to be the first full day that Leland Jensen spent in prison right there in Deer Lodge Valley. Holy shit, cut and print, paste and copy, oh, this shit's done. Oh, yeah. He's got it. Okay, yeah. Um, Chase also claimed this bore a striking resemblance to Ezekiel's temple described in the Bible. I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't want to even look it up. <laughs> Leland Jensen soon made Neil Chase his protege. And by 1990, the 76-year-old self-described prophet fully turned over the duties of interpreting scripture and prophesying to the much younger, sharper, and more enthusiastic Neil Chase. Yeah. And to just, it, that gets old, I'm sure. Oh, like, yeah. Let somebody else do that part. Yeah. Um... At the end of this podcast, let's make a prediction. Okay. And it, I mean, it's going to be like, may as well be chiseled in stone because when Sam uploads this bitch, it's going to be, it's there, time stamped. You know what I mean? So, like, end of the world or like, mm, no. Paris Hilton uh, does vehicular manslaughter or something. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You just nailed it. Actually, you know what? I saw a little short documentary about her. She's actually trying to clean up and like be awesome now. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the specifics, but I just remember coming away from it. It's like, she's trying to get away from all that, you know, dog in a purse. Hey, good for her. Yeah. Hey, I liked her in House of Wax. Yeah. Why not? What's wrong, Sam? Deer Lodge is directly north of Utah. Oh, whoa. Even with Idaho in the middle of it. We're tying this together. Nothing separating the two but a bunch of potatoes. Mm -hmm. We are nailing this. I, You know what? can't do this on the air right now i guess but we i'm gonna find out exactly where joseph smith's found those stones and my friend if they're like on the exact same what's the lat uh what's the line the la, is it is it latitude Lat- that way? Lat- longitudinal line right is it if Without, it's isn't, isn't latitude up and down because that's like a ladder longitude is is i don't uh, know uh, I, don't I always know. looked at it like latitude i think somebody explained to me is latitude's ladder so it's like latitude's up yeah and longitude is that is that's what you just that's said what right you said oh, okay yeah, I just I just backed you up then, I guess. So if those two areas are on the same line, we have really stumbled into something. Yeah. We really have. Yeah, that we should base our prediction on that. No, I like what you said. I, even if you choose to do a different prediction, I'll do my prediction right now. Here it is. I, I'm going to, can I take your Paris no, Hilton? No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to predict that Paris Hilton will be involved in, in a vehicular manslaughter <laughs> some t- situation. I can't write it down, but it'll be on. Uh, it'll be recorded. Jan. It's going to be on on New Year's Eve. Let's do it that quick. Why, why do something? It'll be New Year's Eve. Paris Hilton is going to be involved in a vehicular manslaughter uh, type situation. Okay. Okay. There it is. All right. So mine. Back- mine is if oh, it doesn't do already now. exist. Okay. Doritos will come out with a <laughs> salt and vinegar Dorito. <laughs> there we go. When though? When? Oh yeah. Uh, 2021. 
it's not not right now. The world's not ready for it yet. Give Would us you? a month, though. I want something more specific. Uh, what month? April 2021. April 2021. Okay. All right, Sam, you got anything yet, or you want to wait? <laughs> no, he's just like, go get away from me. <laughs> and, and and the Paris Hilton manslaughter thing's not mine. I just want to know that I've given that to Joe because I'm going to feel bad if that happens. So you got to live with that now, man. Well, no, it's not like I manifested it. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But that's yours. You can have it. (laughs) You're just really trying to distance yourself from that. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's why I went to Rito's. (laughs) I know. You went all. Well, for some reason, I promise you, I had like a Leland Jensen moment. It popped into my head like. There's not one. There ought to be. Roll with it. You know, yours is probably going to come true, and well, mine probably a, won't. There's a sea salt and vinegar chip of every other kind. So sure, why except not a Dorito. Right, exactly. By the way, I'm ordering soon. Uh, I keep it's in my cart. I just haven't ordered for some reason. It's like a powder you get from Amazon. It's like vinegar powder. Really? So I, so I like salt with like low salt chips, like no salt, low salt. Yeah. So I'm going to make my own salt and vinegar chips that are low sodium. So I'll let you know. Keep stay tuned. I'll tell you next episode how that's going to be. I think it's going to be amazing. I hope it is. I think chips are too salty. That's my soapbox moment right there. There you go. Too much salt on those chips. It's like if what I'm saying. Here's your platform. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like I, I just think it, they just put too much. We don't need that much. Too much. Too much yeah. salt. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I'm just going to go on record with that. <laughs> so Sam's holding off on the prediction. I'm going to force you to make one before this thing is over. But I'll, it's I'll... mainly because you feel stupid doing it. You know, you feel kind of stupid making a prediction. Unless you know it, it's going to fail, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I respect the fact that he's not chiming in because it's very hard. Let's do a Robert Tilton. There's somebody listening right now. Oh, yeah. There's send, somebody listening right now. Your tummy's hurting. your seed money. Your tummy's been hurting, and, and, you're, ju- and you're scared of heights. <laughs> and all you got to do is send in $1,500 of seed money. To this organization. And you'll be doing cartwheels on your roof <laughs> as soon as you do that. With with nothing in your tummy but butterflies. <laughs> so. I feel like we could have written some scripts for some people like that. Should have. Yeah. Go back to our uh, uh, televangelist episodes if y'all are wondering what the hell we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So let's do some more predictions. Okay. So although Jensen had really only made two major predictions that both just took a shit. Nothing happened. Um, unless you ask Jensen. Uh, Neil Chase seemed to just take the ball and run. So from 1990 to 1996, he would make a staggering 18 prophecies. Although all did have Leland Jensen's blessing. So while Jensen favored the idea of a single, single worldwide disaster leading to the battle of Armageddon, Chase liked to keep his predictions on the smaller scale staying, saying instead that, um, less catastrophic events would compound on one another Mm -hmm. until they brought about the apocalypse. That's yeah. a safer way to do it. All you have to do is be kind of like a horoscope, really yeah. vague and broad, and then you can apply it right to your, see, I told you. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. That's just know. horoscopes, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, they're right. I, I am I am self-confident sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this is so me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like 20 things in there, and all you have to key on is a few of them, and yeah. you're like, wow. That's me. That's yeah. totally me. Oh, I do get a little concerned at work sometimes. Yeah. This is so me. Yeah. You worry about others talking negatively about you, but you need to realize that they're re- really, it's not even, it doesn't, it doesn't really tell you anything. It just like, you know, it's not telling you anything new. 
it's just thr- throwing out stuff and seeing if it sticks on the wall or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, it's not like saying you should play these numbers in the lottery if it, if it if it's really going to be from a psychic or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's like a fortune cookie reading. Yeah. It just yeah. it applies to everybody and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's right. For sure. Um all right. So, uh some of these predictions focused on upheavals caused by natural events like meteors, asteroids, and comets, but most involved the destruction of New York City by a nuclear bomb that would be planted by Middle Eastern terrorists. When the first World Trade Center bombing occurred a few months later, Chase used Bible scripture to adjust the time frame of his prediction and count it as accurate. As time wore on, less and less emphasis would be placed on these predictions, and it would seem to be an unspoken rule in the group that they knew they weren't going to happen anyway. Having said all this, I must add that, according to Leland Jensen and Neil Chase, every single prophecy they made came to pass. They are literally on record claiming that they have a, quote, 100% success rate. Yeah, I mean, the plane thing, they would just have to say, well, I saw a vision, and it was a rocket-shaped thing, and it made it look like it was a nuclear, like, missile or whatever. But now that I see it clearly, I could see it has wings, and it has terrorists on it that have hijacked it yeah see so i mean it's not so that wasn't so far off it's just adjusting it yeah exactly yeah that's yeah by the way has no one has said anything about my nails yeah i was nobody noticed them i just wasn't going to yeah no i'm not gonna say anything really yeah i'm I'm not gonna i'm not gonna no questions i mean you you be you (laughs) you be you okay yeah yeah i was gonna say my toddler painted my fingernails pink last night and I'm like, you know what? No one ever sees me, so it's okay. But you know what happened today? Everybody saw me in the world. <laughs> I had to cold. You could wear gloves. Well, I didn't think about that. But I had to go a place for work. Then I had to go to like the Walmart Supercenter. Then my daughter had a medical emergency, and I had to go to the school and call the paramedics, and they all showed up, and she's fine now. But uh, I'm sitting there like <laughs> she, was un- she was literally unconscious for oh a little gosh. bit. And when she kind of came out of it, she just like looks at me and I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, your nails are pink. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's uh, that's, don't worry about that. Are you okay? But anyway, yeah. So everybody, everybody saw my, my I, I nails. either thought it was uh, your daughter did your nails or, you know, you got a night train show coming up and <laughs> thought you might want them to look nice for that. We're going to switch, switch to glam rock now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to like Dennis Rodman it up there. <laughs> Like why? Why they paint them pink and not black? Yeah, no, pink is the new black. No. I don't know. Do we know why Pinjolette has just one painted red? No, do you, no, I don't know. I've that. always wondered that. Yeah, Google, yeah, Google it, know. buddy. Yeah, you keep going. I'll Google. Okay, in 1990, after 52 years of marriage, Opal Jensen, that's Leland's wife, passed away. At this point, the BUPC had fewer than 100 members, but for some reason, some say it was Leland's sudden confrontation with his own mortality after seeing his wife pass away. He became laser focused on setting up a more structured bureaucracy within the group. The following year, he published a 12-person governing body called the Second International Baha'i Council for the purpose of laying the foundation of the Universal House of Justice, which Jensen expected to govern the world after the apocalypse. You got anything on? Yeah. What does it say? Uh, it said uh, when he when he first began performing, his mother told him to get a manicure because people would be looking at his hands. And in response to that, he uh, had all of his nails painted red as a joke. And then the one remaining red fingernails in memory of his mother. Oh. Well, what do you know? Wow. That is pretty cool. That's super sweet. There yeah. You go. Okay. Oh, cool. 
Cool. We learn something every every day on this. I podcast. love that guy. I've I've heard him in a few different podcasts, just being interviewed, and he's mm-hmm. just super so intelligent. Oh yeah, I could just listen to Penn Jillette talk all day. Yeah, he's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so the IBC, that's the uh, International Baha'i Council. Now, keep in mind. Hold on. Can I? Um, yeah. Go, can I just play this after every fact that we ever do? Go ahead, play it. <laughs> that's a I good idea. It. I've never heard a podcast do that. We should do that. That should be our thing. Yeah, right. That's probably copyrighted, and we're going to be taken taken down now. Well, I think I think the thing is, like, if it's below a certain uh, time, it's only stamp, seven seconds. Yeah, so it can't be. That can't be. Oh, okay. You can't copy it seven seconds. Thirteen people died during the the playing of that. <laughs> to go back to my first incredibly depressing thing I read on this podcast, Joe, do you want to go out this weekend and do something and get away from everything? <laughs> you want to go out and have some beers or something? <laughs> I'm Come just saying, I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll do something for you. There you go. <laughs> some uh, more dead. Some more dead after that. <laughs> oh, someone's dog just died right there. But keep in mind, like, he's setting up all these councils and all these groups and, and governing bodies out of a group of like 80 people. So it's like, it's ridiculous. Everybody's on a council and there's no one that's just, you got to have this subgroup that's just folks that, you know, yeah, in the lower too tier. many chiefs, not enough Indians. There you go. I, I bet that's probably something you shouldn't say now. I just it's, realized that. You're probably, we, you just got canceled. We're going to get pulled off air for that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the IBC in turn elected other councils and passed numerous laws governing the conduct of the BPC members and thus began a cycle of meetings in which members wrangled over how to set up a new world governing body after the apocalypse and micromanage each other over writing projects and administrative details. In other words, it seems like in the absence of their long awaited apocalypse, the group seemed to try to distract itself with endless bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. The group continued to shed members and by 1994, less than 70 uh, remained nationwide. Worse than that, an aging Leland Jensen had finally chose a, success, a successor, Joseph, and I'm going to say Pepe, which is beautiful, who was the adopted son of Jensen's mentor, Mason Remy. But Joseph wanted no part of the title, and even if he had, he died uh, that same year. After Joseph's passing, Leland began to hint that his protege, Neil Chase, would be the next guardian, but uh, never officially named him, which is a recurring theme in this story because, you know, causing a bunch of problems. Yeah. So when Leland Jensen passed away in August, uh, on August 6th, 1996, he left what little remained of the BUPC with no guardian. And just like after Shoji Effendi's death years earlier, the position sat in limbo for several years until 2001 when Neil Chase stepped up to claim the title of guardian. It's like history repeating itself. Most disputed his claim and declared him uh, a covenant breaker. Also keep in mind that this is just some little faction, like... 99.9% of everyone in the Baha'i faith doesn't even know or give a shit about any of this. You know? Oh, yeah. Just picture like how big the Christian faith is. And then there's just like one Baptist church on a corner in Georgia somewhere where all this is going on. Like that's how much they were like, no one cared at all. Yeah. About, <laughs> you so know. you're just, your disclaimer, you're saying, you know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. So you don't want to crap on the whole faith because right. of this weird faction. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be like me uh, starting to attend a church, and then a week later, I declare that I'm the new pope or something. You yeah, know? like yeah. no one else would really know or care. That's that's the vibe I get that was going. Yeah, on. yeah. Um, like I said, most of disputed his claim and declared him a covenant breaker. Dun dun dun. 
and Chase said that not recognizing him as Guardian made them covenant breakers. No, you're covenant breaker. No, you're covenant breaker. And thus began a years-long court battle, which back to the first episode of this, Ivan, mm-hmm. they took it to court over Chase's right to the position and his access to the group's assets. It's very strange. It's separation separation of church and state, but then a church gets in a squabble and they take it to court. That doesn't seem right to me. But. No, I think they should pray about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right? <laughs> okay. So the BUPC... Or flip a coin. <laughs> flip a coin. And, and then what? It maybe whatever deity could affect the way the coin lands. There you go. Devil could affect it. And then when it lands, uh, one guy'd be like, oh, best two out of three. (laughs) You know, a lot of this, there's one prediction. If you're listening, it's the most famous prediction that's ever been predicted. And it's, uh, it hasn't happened yet. What's that? It's the end of the world. The, the Bible, the biblical book of revelation, the end of the world. They never put a number on it though. No, but they just predict it's going to happen. And so, you know. So when I went to church, when I was a kid, there were preachers that always said that, well, I remember they'd say in one sentence that no man will know when the end. Yes, no man knows the day or the hour. Yes. Well, do you remember any preacher ever following that? <laughs> I feel it's close. I can feel it. Yeah. This happened, this happened, this happened. My my dog bit me today. It's close. It's my dog bit me. <laughs> it's like. Everything's topsy turvy. It's always close. It's always just about to happen. We're always in the end days. It's always get ready. It's just about to happen. I feel like they would do the Leland Jensen thing because you say it's close. I mean, I went to church when I was 10 at your church and I'm 40 now. It's like, well, uh, close. It's within, a, you know, 40, 50 years. That's what I meant by close. Right. You didn't think I meant within the year, did you? Oh, you stupid kid. Dude, I don't even remember how this happened, but when I was a little kid, I was probably. 12 or something. I remember one night sitting in church, our pastor said, and I don't know where he got this, but he said, I've done the calculations according to the Bible. And we are in the, not only are we in the end times, we are in the final and the bib. He said this and we, in the biblical sense, we are in the last 60 seconds of time. So he said in the biblical sense, we're in the last 60 seconds of time. So I spent the entire rest of the sermon, I asked my mom for a pen, and I found a piece of paper, and I don't know how I worked it out, but I was just like, okay, if we're in the last 60 seconds of time, how long has there been time? How long, how old is the world? And I was trying to think, and I didn't have a phone with Google on it, because this was, you know, 1991 or something, or two or whatever, and I worked, I had like two or three pages full of all this math that I did, and you know the number that I came up with? What's that? was like 1996. Somehow, ah. by some retarded miracle, <laughs> I came up with an actual not only number, but one that was only a couple of years from where we were. And I imagine me like holding the paper when I was done, staring at it. I was like, <laughs> I got to tell the world about this. This is insane. How did, oh my God. <laughs> and then, like, the next year, I started to like girls and I think I felt a boob. And then that was the end of it. I forgot about it. But can you believe that? Like, of all that, like, you know, because if it would have came out to like 3165, I'd have been like, oh, we got, we're good. But I can't, it came out to like 1996. Like, I would oh, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I've got to lose my virginity in the next three years. I don't think about trying to save the world. I, I don't just know think about I, trying. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that off. <laughs> I need more time. <laughs> oh. Please, you're like, please, God. Just a few more years. It's like 1995, 
December 31st. <laughs> it still hasn't happened yet. Kara, Angie, Betty, all said no. Betty. Yeah. But the world's about to end, baby. All right. Wasn't that wasn't that a line on like Independence? It Day? was. It was. Yes. The, 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 Very good. The boy that lived with Randy Randy played yeah. son. Doesn't he yeah. say like you don't want to die a virgin, do you, or something something creepy like that? Super smooth. Yeah, one. Yeah, his like Randy Quaid's daughter or something. That's right. And then the the, the other trailer park kid that yeah that liked her or whatever. And then the brother like shoves him out. So in that movie, how far how badly beaten would we have to be before the military would say we need pilots? In the Randy Quaid, right? I was like, I can fly. Right. I'm pilot. You're up. Yeah, I'm pilot. That's I'm batshit crazy and fly a crop you, duster. Get get him, him, your mind's is still trapped, man. Uh, that's exactly what he said. That's get awesome. Him some coffee. Get some coffee. Keep, yeah. keep coming. Keep yeah. coming. Man, that's so impressive. You're going to let you out, Joe. They got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> you know what? Whatever happened to Randy Quaid? Because I just watched Christmas Vacation a couple nights ago, because we do every year. And didn't he like kind of go nuts? He married this gal, and they claimed that like the Hollywood star whackers was like this, this shady group was trying to kill them and they like fled to Canada or something. Is does any of that ring a bell? Turns out yeah, it turns out he really is crazy. Every character he played, you was know, him. was him, yeah. <laughs> He's not that good an actor, I guess. I love him though. No, I do too. I'm I was that was joking about it. Our Sam, are you looking it up? I was just looking just looking him up. I just kind of wonder what happened to Okay, look, I'm going to somebody google Randy Quaid. I'm going to finish this. The BUPC is still around, and Neil Chase continues to assume the role of Guardian, which is still disputed by many members, although I couldn't find exactly how many people are still in the group. I am doubting that it is a very huge group. It's probably about the same numbers it had back in the mid-90s. But anyway, that's that, man. That's the... Uh... And by the way, if you want, if anyone wants to just go into a coma, there are hours and hours and hours and hours of video on YouTube uh, of Leland Jensen, uh, which it looks like it's like late 80s, and he's sitting in some little tacky room with a fireplace behind him and a couple of ladies around him, and he's going through just all his bullshit, you know? Really? Yeah, and uh, I huh. made it 10 minutes, and I just couldn't do it any longer. But no, uh, yeah. What's funny is even the girls weren't paying attention because I watched, and it was 10 <laughs> minutes of him being like, well, Joseph said... And uh, Romans book four, number 27, that God would come down on a spiritual horse. Okay, now, what does he mean by spiritual horse, Susan? And she's like, huh, what? <laughs> what? I said, what does God mean by spiritual horse? And she's like, oh, you, you, you kind of caught, uh, caught me off guard there. <laughs> like, she's not, no one's paying attention to you, not even in your own tiny little group. But yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty boring. But if yeah, he fell ever. far, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Well, it says in uh, it says in he sued uh, he sued the producers of Brokeback Mountain oh. for misrepresenting the film as a low budget art house film with no prospect of making money. Wait, can you just sue people that make a film if you just don't like the film? Is that what he did? Uh, he was in it. Randy Quaid was in Brokeback Mountain. In order to secure him as uh, a blow market, with like they paid him less than. Because they said this oh, is an art house thing, oh. it won't make anything. So, you so know. that actually might be halfway valid. Maybe well, that, that one instance, maybe. But there's yeah, but like six more instances oh. of other things. <laughs> it probably. I, my guess is it probably overperformed. I pro. Uh, it probably. Uh, 
you know, maybe they thought no one would like it because of what it was like, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was uh, definitely hmm. not. He's a pixie dust spreader on Tilt World. Oh, God damn, I love that movie. Christmas Vacation. I just love every second of it. Every second of it is iconic. Every second of that movie. One of my favorite parts of that movie, it's just such a small part, but whenever, uh, when Eddie and Clark are shopping and Eddie's getting dog food and Clark <laughs> puts the light bulbs down and then Eddie gets like the the 100-pound bag yeah. of dog food right down on top of yeah, him. Yeah, like, it's yeah. such a small little instance. If no, you, like, I like you miss it. it. But I, I just love that. It's just like when they're standing around the Christmas tree drinking out of those moose glasses when Randy Quaid walks over and there's that wooden thing with the, like the propellers on it, whatever the hell that is, he just touches it and it explodes and he walks off. He walks off. I don't, that, that's like brilliant. That's just, I laugh till I almost cry yeah. every time I see that. It's such a, such a great movie. And if there's anything the left, we'd glasses. like to get a little something for you, Clark. Something real, real nice. nice. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, just the throwback, the Moose Cups throwback to the original vacation movie. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Very subtle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Marty so, Moose. Yeah. Yeah. Punched him right. In. <laughs> yeah. And John Candy, that was a pretty early John Candy. It was. And it's very good. Sorry, yeah. folks. Park's closed. Moose yeah. out front. Yeah. Told <laughs> what was it John Candy was supposed to be in, but um, I forgot what it was. Uh, if you guys, something he was supposed to be in that uh, towards towards the end of his life. Well, he and, was, well, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters. He was going to be in Ghostbusters? Yeah, he was, gonna, oh. he was considered... To be in Ghostbusters. Oh. Almost like the Ernie part. Dude. They put him in there. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But he backed out. And, and uh, uh, um, I thought that was Belushi. Belushi, too. Belushi, oh, too, for sure. Also? And then they, yeah, and Candy also. Uh, uh, Belushi, they made Slimer. They wanted Slimer to look like him. And one of the guys is like, yeah, we tried. We couldn't get it. So we played. We we didn't act like we couldn't get it. We just played it and said, "Here it is." Hmm. And and some other people were like, "It looks just like him." I forgot who it was, <laughs> but he's like, "No, actually, it didn't because we didn't even try." You I got to say, my favorite John Candy movie is uh, Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just love that. Yeah. Did you know he didn't even he 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 was in Home Alone for free? Like he got paid really? silch. Yeah, he just did it that. as a favor to somebody. Yep. He yeah. got paid literally. The kid that showed up, you know, it's like I have some for Clark Crisman, like that. Yeah that ran over the trash can or whatever, he got paid more than John Candy in that that's movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, hey, you didn't play The More You Know. <laughs> the More You Know oh, sound yeah. effect. <laughs> the, that was, that was uh, National Lampoon's, though. That was Christmas Vacation. Yes. That you just said. Oh, what did I do? I think you just mixed Home Alone with Christmas Vacation. Oh, I oh, think I did. No, no. He was talking about whenever he was like, like the polka guy yeah in that's the van. yeah but i actually I, I did use a line from christmas vacation yeah, oh you did clark grisman yeah but i meant the pizza guy oh the kid the yeah, oh, yeah the kid with okay, the pizza okay, okay. yeah good we're catch on the same sam because i know there were people listening like bullshit oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even catch it yeah. good eye that's that's yeah. why we need sam man he he's he's sharp keeps really us sharp. on our toes yeah yeah thanks so, buddy appreciate that all right is that it that's it man let's go home all right <laughs> we'll see you guys next time